the Rosary, the Life of Jesus and Mary, the Visitation, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Reflecting on the second joyful mystery of the Rosary, the little virgin from Nazareth begins to grow overwhelmingly in our eyes. We see the obedience of Mary. At the Annunciation, recognizing the angel as a messenger of God, she had said yes to bearing the Son of God. When the angel Gabriel told her that her cousin Elizabeth was with child, she trusted in his word knowing he was from God, because she, like the other people of Israel, had been preparing for the Messiah and had studied the word. She knew the Lord would have wanted her to go and serve her cousin, and so she obeyed once more. As we walk through the rose petals that make up the rosary, we will encounter the many times Mary obeyed. As we learn more about Jesus, we realize that his life was our path to heaven. As you walk with Mary, you will discover she knows the way. We see the selflessness of Mary in action, her choice to be for her cousin Elizabeth during her pregnancy shows an unconditional caring for others that we've only seen in one other person in the history of the world, her son Jesus. But there was something else. Although there was a familial bond between Mary and her cousin Elizabeth, we believe there was another bond which had been molded in heaven. The plan to have the angel tell Mary of her cousin's pregnancy had to begin in heaven. Can we not see God formulating his plan? The son of Elizabeth will be the one who will herald the Messiah, the son of Mary, into the world. Neither of these women should have been pregnant. Mary was a virgin. Elizabeth was barren. There had to be a heavenly connection between them. Is this why the angel told Mary about her cousin being with child? Did the Lord want her to go and serve her cousin Elizabeth? Were she and Elizabeth part of a particular plan of the fathers? Had an angel told Elizabeth when she conceived that her child would be special too? Were these things going through Mary's mind as she proceeded on her appointed mission? When we see statues or paintings of Mary, for the most part, they depict a very delicate, almost dressed and like Mary. And I am sure she had all those qualities. But Mother Mary was also strong. We will see, as we journey in faith with her and her son through the rosary, how very strong she was. The trip from Nazareth to Enkadam, where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived, was long and dangerous. Mary had to travel through the mountains of Judea past Jerusalem. Today, it is a challenge. In the time of Jesus and Mary, with dirt roads cut out by people traveling by donkey or by foot, it had to be hazardous for someone with child. But Mary did not think for one moment about her comfort. The angel had told her of her cousin's need, and she said yes one more time. There was a radiance about Mary as she traveled to her cousin's house. The words of the angel echoed in her soul. Do not fear, Mary. You have found favor with God. You shall conceive and bear a son and give him the name Jesus. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his reign will have no end. The Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence, the holy offspring to be born will be called Son of God. Luke 1.30 Mary proceeded in haste to fulfill the angel's command, never once looking back. The angel had told her not to be afraid, and she trusted his message, knowing it was from the Lord. Mary believed the Lord would take care of her and her unborn child. She knew that the child she was carrying had the special protection of the Father's heavenly army of angels. What then was there to fear? Son of God. She couldn't get these words out of her mind. Her senses reeled at the thought. She was to be the mother of the Son of God. It was incredible. She was carrying God inside her body. What will he be like? How will their life together be? As soon as Elizabeth saw her, the baby leapt in her womb. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. This was to fulfill the prophecy the angel Gabriel gave to Zechariah, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Tradition tells us that at this meeting with Jesus, while both were still in their mother's wombs, John was freed from original sin. While he was conceived with sin, we are told he was born without sin. There was immediate recognition between the two unborn babies, John and Jesus. A bond between the two children, conceived in heaven before the dawn of creation, was affirmed at this meeting, and further confirmed at the Jordan River some thirty years later. Thus did Jesus say of John, In truth I tell you, of all the children born to women, there has never been anyone greater than John the Baptist. A similar bond was forged between Mary and Elizabeth. The skies opened. The brilliance of the Holy Spirit descended on both women. It was as if Mary and Elizabeth were given total knowledge of God's plan through the movement of the Spirit. Whatever had not been revealed to them before suddenly became crystal clear. Elizabeth cried out in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The moment your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who trusted that the Lord's words to her will be fulfilled. There is so much in this statement of Elizabeth's. The scripture scholars tell us that Elizabeth's meaning in her first sentence was, Blessed are you among women, because blessed is the fruit of your womb. With this declaration, Elizabeth prophesied Mary's future role in the world and in the church, that Mary will be blessed among all women. It is true that Mary said yes to the angel Gabriel, but it was by the fruit of her womb she was blessed among all women. Mother Mary will tell you that of herself she is nothing. She always points to her son. She is the intercessor to her son. She is not the one who brings about miracles, who heals, who forgives, who gives us life. She points to her son. A priest once said, What did Mother Mary do? She stood there and allowed the Holy Spirit to fill her. And because of this, the world will never be the same. One name that our mother appeared under was Our Lady of Hope. She is our mother who turns to her son Jesus, and through his love for her, 
we have hoped that he will give us another chance. Like Abraham and Moses, she is always asking for another chance for her children, you and me. Mary was blessed because of the fruit she carried within her, under her heart. Do you think blessedness is impossible for you and me? Do we not carry the fruit of Mary's womb under our heart after we have received the Eucharist? After the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary and she conceived the Lord, change came about. Mary felt it. Elizabeth saw it. Mary was in communion with the Lord within her. At Mass, the Holy Spirit descends upon bread and wine, and through the priest's anointed hands, the Lord comes to us. He comes to be in communion with us through his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And a bond is made between us and the fruit of Mary's womb. Elizabeth was the very first human to call Mary the mother of God. But who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She knew. This could not have come from human reasoning. Only the Holy Spirit could have given her this wisdom. Mary's heart must have jumped when she heard those words. But think of it. For the last 2,000 years, the mother of God has been coming to us through her apparitions. Do we ask with Elizabeth, but who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary visited Elizabeth because the angel Gabriel told her Elizabeth was with child. Elizabeth needed Mary and she responded to that need. Mother Mary has been responding to our needs for 2,000 years. Do we, as Elizabeth before us, accept the love and compassion of Our Lady? Do we recognize her and revere her as the mother of God? Do we defend her when she is maligned? Is she our mother? In Guadalupe, she said, Am I not here who am your mother? Well, is she our mother? Do we share her with those who do not know who she is? Or are we afraid of what they will think? Are we more polite than holy? The next words we hear in Holy Scripture are a confirmation of the angel's words to Mary. Blessed is she who trusted that the Lord's words to her will be fulfilled. Elizabeth confirmed the Son of God was present in Mary's womb. Everything the angel had told Mary had come to pass. Elizabeth knew all about it. Mary's soul soared to the heights of heaven. She was filled beyond the boundaries of humanity. Her face flushed. Her eyes beamed. Every part of her body was raised heavenward. She proclaimed her Magnificat. We are gifted to see the full-blown image of Mary, filled with the Holy Spirit, as she proclaims in words what has been in her heart, bursting to come out. With Mary, we proclaim her Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowliness of His handmaid. Behold, henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the deceit of their heart. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has received Israel, his servant, 
being mindful of his mercy, even as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. We can visualize the angels surrounding Mary, their queen, as she made her pronouncement guarding her, hugging her with their wings, loving her. If we look with the eyes of the heart and not the head, we can experience the power and joy of the Holy Spirit encompassing the entire room. Did Mary turn to Elizabeth? Were their eyes filled with tears of joy? Did they embrace each other knowingly? Did choirs of angels sing praises to God with this proclamation of Mary, daughter of the Father, spouse of the Holy Spirit, and mother of the Savior of the world? In Mary's Magnificat, we see an explosion of total acceptance of the powerful role the Lord is playing in her life, not only for her, but for all mankind. Most likely, these things had been building up in her mind and heart from the time the angel came to her. But when Elizabeth affirmed what only Mary had known until that time, it had to come out. She couldn't hold it any longer. She had to put to words what was burning inside her. Her Magnificat was a canticle of thanksgiving. There was wisdom in every word she spoke, a wisdom only God could have given her. She acknowledged that God and his gifts to her. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Roles were reversed. The Mary that Elizabeth had known was the child of her sister Anne's old age. They were generations apart. Elizabeth could have been Mary's mother many times over. Mary had been the child consecrated to the temple. But the minute Elizabeth saw her, she knew this was no longer a child, but a woman specially blessed. Elizabeth wanted to wait on Mary, but Mary had come for a purpose, to serve her cousin. It reminds us of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples at the Last Supper. He was the master but he insisted on serving. Like Jesus, Mary set the example. Let us ponder the possibilities what might have happened during that time they spent together. There was much joy in Mary at this time. She could be free with her cousin. Elizabeth knew who she was and what the Lord was doing in her life. Mary could talk to her about it. They could dream together about the roles both their children will play in the salvation of Israel. Both women spent much of this time reading scripture. Every time they came across passages that referred to their children, their hearts abounded with joy. But the joy had to be mixed with sadness and apprehension when they read how the Messiah will have to suffer. At these times, did Elizabeth comfort Mary? Little did Elizabeth know that her son would have to die because he was calling the world to repentance. Did Elizabeth remind Mary that God will give her strength for the years ahead, that he will take care of everything? Mary trusted in the Lord. She knew he would give her the graces she needed for whatever she had to face. Mary remained with Elizabeth until John the Baptist was born. We can see Mary holding the infant John in her arms. As she caressed his sweet face, did she look into his baby soul? Could she envision what role he will have in her own son's life? She thought of the words the angel spoke to Zechariah regarding John the Baptist. Do not be frightened, Zechariah, 
your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son whom you shall call John. Joy and gladness will be yours, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Many sons of Israel he will bring back to the Lord their God. God himself will go before him in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the rebellious to the wisdom of the just and to prepare for the Lord a people well disposed. Mary thought to prepare for the Lord. The angel was talking about her son, the child in her womb. He was the Lord. How would all these things happen? How would this child in her arms, Elizabeth's baby, be great in the eyes of the Lord? How will he bring back the sons of Israel? How will he prepare the way for the Lord? We're told that Mary pondered many things in her heart after Jesus was found in the temple. But when did it begin? Was it after Jesus was lost and then found? Or did it begin even before his birth? As she looked down at the infant John in her arms, he who will precede her son, did she contemplate what life will be like for them? Do we relate to Mary in this mystery? Do we have the freedom to turn everything over to Jesus and thank him for the joys and the sorrows? Remember, while Mary was praising God for her singular honor, in the back of her mind, she knew there would be sadness mixed with the bliss. Every action has a reaction. Every positive has had a negative, and every negative a positive. God balances it all out. Sing your own Magnificat. Raise your arms and your heart to God in thanksgiving for all the gifts he has ever given you, those of joy as well as those of sorrow. Don't just accept the bad with the good. Embrace it. God is in charge. He makes all things work. O oh Lord, we pray that we, like John the Baptist, may recognize you in our lives, and in so doing, we, too, may leap for joy. From the time the Holy Spirit entered Elizabeth's womb and John became filled with him, he had the signal grace to live for Jesus and to die for him. O oh Lord, we know that we are in the time of John the Baptist. Give us the courage and the grace to pave the way for your second coming. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply, with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel, where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.